three, two, one, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Welcome to On Her Shoulders. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. This is Leslie Genoway, and we are here with Melissa McCullough from Trademark Homes. Is that how you say your last name, McCullough? Yeah, McCullough. Okay, you nailed good. it. You got it. I got Makulu. I get uh, <laughs> just people that just avoid it. Um, it's like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, but you got it, McCullough. Double M. Yeah. M squared. Um, she's from Trademark Homes, and we actually had her on the podcast uh, that we did recorded last week with Real Woman Talks. Super dope lady, uh, force to be reckoned with. So I'm going to actually let her tell her story or who she is, what she does, where she's at, instead of me just giving like that bland <laughs> intro. So, yeah, it's on you. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me again. I absolutely loved it here last time that I was begging to come mm-hmm. back because I loved it. Um, yeah, I am an entrepreneur in Regina. My husband and I own a home building company as well as Lumberjack's Axe Throwing. We're which also is so that, fun. Which is really fun. If you haven't checked that out, it's really yeah. fun to do. Um, mom of three. Um, How old are the kids? They are almost 12, 8, and 4. So they're crazy, wild, busy, yeah, hey. insane. They grew and up and they so can fast. talk back. Oh yeah, the twelve-year-olds at uh, twelve, going on um, like thirty-five. She's older than me, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She's more responsible. Um, but yeah, I cr- absolutely crazy. Uh, realtor with Royal Page Regina Realty, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> yeah, crazy. I'm going to ask you another question about that about the realtor thing in a bit, yeah. but tell us how you got into what you're doing now with trademark and and being a realtor and blah 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 blah. You don't have to tell us the whole story of like creating children. Okay. <laughs> Save that for it's a not different very one, fun. right? <laughs> I sucked at it. Hey, came we all have our tubes. struggles. <laughs> but tell us how you got into uh, being an entrepreneur, I guess. Yeah, uh, I was in university and uh, taking psychology. Absolutely loved the people aspect of mm-hmm. what I was doing. And just like figuring out people's brains and how do they think and what makes oh, people okay. tick. I love, I love figuring out. I'm a people person. I'm also a people observer, mm-hmm. and uh, people watching is like my favorite thing. Me so too. In psychology, it's like so interesting to see why someone gravitates to what they do or how do you manipulate into figuring out something i use the word manipulate and one of my girlfriends was like don't use the word manipulate use the word influence because it has such a better it does positive very hype word right now but i'm like i'm a i like to manipulate a situation i do too to get what I want out of Yeah, <laughs> or I like to help people figure out what they want, but sometimes yeah. they don't know, so you kind of have to influence the situation. Help. Yeah, help Just them help. But okay, sorry. So I was doing that in psychology, and mm-hmm. I loved that, but I hated school. I am not a good student. Yeah. I stu- really struggled with school since I was little. And so, um, yeah, I was going to school. We owned our first home when we, we got married at 19, James and I. We bought our first home when we were 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were selling our homes. We were building our first home with a home builder at the time. And I put our sale, our home for sale by owner. And this guy came in, and he had another gentleman with him. And I was, you know, doing my thing, selling the house. And the guy said to me, uh, you should really be in sales. And I said, oh, I'm in university, I'm 20 years old. Don't yeah. really. He's like, oh, you should be a realtor. And I was like, ah, yeah, no. I don't really know. I don't know. He's like, no, you should. You should, you should come be my receptionist. And then uh, you can become a realtor. And I yeah. said, okay. And I, <laughs> I legit that day dropped out of university. I, uh, James came home and I remember saying like, I'm no longer a university. I'm going to become a realtor today. And he was like, okay. Oh my God. Like uh, he wasn't mad, which I, he's super chill. So he was like, mm, okay, if that's what you want to do. And I was like, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yep. So 
yeah, I became a receptionist at Royal Page and was had my real estate license and then got pregnant <laughs> that exact month with right. her first. So like, just, of course, that's yeah. how it is. And then James uh, was working for a home builder at a time. And this like cute old man came up who ran a, a new home exterior company. Okay. And he's a trade partner of ours. And he said... I don't think you should be doing uh, service. I think you should be owning a business. And James was like, I'm 20 years old. Like, what am I going to do? And the mm-hmm. guy said, I'm going to retire. You should buy my siding soft at Fascia Company. And James oh, said, okay. okay. Um, yeah. So sure. we went, uh, we borrowed our first loan from my grandparents. We bought this oh, guy's wow. siding soft at Fascia Company for new homes. So we, that was our first job, trademark construction. Yeah. We opened that, uh, oh man, probably 15 years ago. <laughs> which was wild. And then we were building our next house with a home builder and we were doing a lot of the work ourselves on it. And friends of ours came and said to us, will you build us a home? And I remember thinking that is the weirdest question someone could ever ask us. I think so too. Like, why would they ask us that? It's so random. It's bigger than any other question someone would ever ask you. I know. It wasn't like, hey, can you build me a fence? Or like, (laughs) hey, can you like redo my exterior? Like, that's what we owned was like an exterior company. And they asked us to build them a house. And I remember being like, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I went to my grandparents who owned a home building company growing up. And I said, you know, our friends have asked us to do this. And they were like, you should totally do it. Like, you should for sure do it. We'll help you. And James's dad's a lawyer. And he said, you're like, you don't build houses all willy-nilly. You have to become a company and you have to have a warranty program. And I was like, yeah, I got that. Like, why not? <laughs> so I figured out the warranty side of it, became a registered home builder, trademark homes, because our exterior company was trademark construction. Right. And we built our first home. Friends of ours came uh, six months later and asked us to build them a house. Mm-hmm. We built two. The next year we built five. The next year we built 25. 2013, we had 118 homes under construction. Isn't that wild? Insane. And I yeah. said, to, I remember waking up being like, okay, I guess we're home builders now. Like it was like never a path that we set out on, but it was yeah. a path that we found our passion doing. And we just evolved into what we are today. Um, we have owned uh, eight, I think at by the time we were 30, we owned eight companies. Yeah. And then we went through a company split where James and I really wanted to own Trademark Homes. We had big dreams for what we wanted to do with it. Yeah. Um, feel they were a little bit different than the direction that our company was headed when we had a partner. Okay. So we split the companies and we got Trademark Homes and a few other ones. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's and brought us to are. where we are today. Was a- we were able to, you know, really narrow down on what we want our company to look like and make it a mom and pop yeah. shop and where people can come and work in a boutique atmosphere for a home building. And establish what your true identity yeah. really is without yeah. having like, I feel often when you sit down at a table with someone that's either consulting with you on what's your branding, what's marketing going to be like, mm-hmm. what's your new plan. Sometimes it gets overwhelming because people are like, oh, you should do this. Yeah. Oh, you should do this. When really, at the end of the day, you have this one really, really solid image of what it is to yeah. you. And it's hard to not compromise yeah. to try and include everyone else's opinion. Yeah, and I found that was really hard when, um, like, partners are great. Yeah, I and agree. And they, they serve a purpose. But when you're trying to figure out what you want, mm-hmm. sometimes your passion and your partner's passions don't align. Yep. And you have to make that hard decision of, like, well, are we going to compromise? Or are we just going to go our separate ways? And you know what? It, it's not a bad thing. When no. partnerships break up, it's not a bad thing. It just allows you to really narrow in on what you want to do and where you want to go from yep. there. Yeah. Uh, I remember our lawyer said to us, every partnership has an expiry date. Yep. And um, that's kind of how it expires is, you know, how you can move forward, whether you're still friends or if it's bad yep. or if it's good. But for us, we knew at the time, like, we 
we knew a hundred percent where we wanted to go mm-hmm. and a hundred percent where our passion was. And for us to get there, we had to go through some, some mucky stuff. And, yeah. but that's entrepreneurship. Isn't it <laughs> funny how like, account- I always find that accountants and lawyers give me the best advice, but do. I don't take it in <laughs> as, as appropriate or like, yeah. I don't, I actually, like, how I much did process. that cost me actually? <laughs> yeah. Until like two years later, I'm yeah. like, Oh, right. That's he why he said that. this. And they see it all. Right. Yeah. But in the moment you're just like trying to survive or trying to figure it out or it's stressful or you're when you're so in there. amped and you're just like, yeah. Let's, it's going to be perfect. It's like, going to be rainbows. And like, no, I don't need, uh, I don't need an exit strategy. I always say I'm never exiting. Yeah. People are always like, yeah. Um, what would you give advice to for future or, mm-hmm. or upcomer, upcoming entrepreneurs? I'm always yeah. like, get an exit strategy, understand yeah. it, live by it. Yeah. It can change, yeah. but, but have a do plan. it. Have a plan yeah. from start to beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's part where I struggle with because I still, everything's with my baby. I know. And, and it's like, will it be always? I hope so. But you never know. We're in a different generation though, where our parents generation and older got a job at a certain age and worked that entire my dad worked for the rcmp for 37 years yeah i couldn't imagine being at one thing for 37 years and we now see that people i think it's something along the line don't i mean don't quote me on this quote our people right (laughs) um but like uh people go through seven different career changes for sure in their life yeah like seven career changes i kind of see that within our industry for us we always decided (coughs) we were going to stay with what we're good at and what our passion is and we can bring new things in and we can bring new divisions in but they have to revolve around the Mm -hmm. same core purpose of helping people into into homes yeah um at the beginning with my real estate um when i was a realtor in 2007 i actually let that go when uh we had our first baby and i focused 100 percent on becoming a new home sales yeah and with that i wanted to get to be the best at new home sales i wanted to in like understand it inside out i felt the resale was really um pulled me away mm-hmm. in a lot of ways too much on your plate it was too much on my plate yep. and also i wasn't amazing at new homes yet mm-hmm. and i wasn't good really at resale yet <laughs> so i knew i had to really focus I know a lot of people say, oh, just kind of put your hand in everything. And for me, I was like, no, I need to master something. I yep. need to figure out what I'm good at. So I let my resale license go, became 100% new homes. We didn't do renovations. We didn't do real estate. About two years ago, we added the remodel side. We had so many inquiries with people coming in being like, I love your style. I love your houses. But I don't I can't want a build. new one. I don't yeah. want a new one. I really want to be in the Crescents or I want to be in Wascana View, but I want a trademark home. And I was like, Okay, you know, like there's got to be a thing where people, we can give them a trademark home without starting from the ground up. Yeah. So we opened our remodel division. How do you, I wrote this down when you were talking earlier. Yeah. Um, How, how did you decide when your breaking point was? Because as much as you guys are a mom and pop shop. Yeah. It's not just the two of you that are making the wheels turn. No, for sure. The whole team. Because you can't do it all yourself. No. And some of the. I think that the best entrepreneurs are the ones that can delegate yeah. um, and that can also understand that micromanagement is good to a certain Extent, point, yeah. but after that, you need to let the birds fly and, yeah. <laughs> you know, get them out of, it was the, really hard. out of the nest. It was really hard. Um, definitely, I'm a kind of a control freak. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I had some really good mentors that challenged me and said, you can't grow if you're trying to hold it all in. And my, my skill, I would say, I mean, skill, my passion is people. Mm-hmm. I'm not an administrator. Mm-hmm. I am probably the worst administrator. Numbers and like 
bookkeeping. Filing and organization no. is not me. Me neither. I knew that um, right from the get-go, I knew that's not James. Mm-hmm. I knew that's not me. Like the first hire that we did was, was a bin. Yeah. You have like someone has got to come in, keep us on track, making sure stuff's going where it is. Because in our world, everything's papers and documents and written down and like yeah. nothing's verbal. It's all written. So we knew we needed that. Um, when we were uh, a young company, like we're 12 years old now, there were, we didn't know how much money we were making. Mm-hmm. We didn't mm-hmm. have a controller. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing for us. And that's what we've said. Um, if something were to happen with our company, the last, like, we would always make time for a controller, 100%. By a controller, what do you, what's So, the person that knows the ins and outs of the finances, the okay. person that knows how much you're making on every project, the person that can quote everything. So, would that be considered as, like, a CFO yeah, in CFO, larger corporations? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Larger corpora- corporations would have a CFO or an accountant or yeah. a bookkeeper. Like, we had a bookkeeper and an accountant, but just, like, how much is coming in, how much is going out, how much is this project costing, everything, like... Um, it was about six years ago that we stopped hiring it out and we brought it in-house. Yeah, there's a point where it just it, it, We had to know. Sense. We needed to be able to walk in and be like, okay, like, What's what can today? we sell this house for? What can we build this house for? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to just, you know, me, I don't want to just sell a house and not know that it's not going to be profitable. That's what we do. We yep. have to be able to pay bills. We have to be able to pay salaries. Like, we mm-hmm. have a team that we need to support. So, I, yeah. We're not, I'm not a finance person. Mm-hmm. James is better at finances, but his skill is on site. His yeah. skill is working with his hands. Um, you know, he's out there every day on site, really having to find his passion the b- last couple of years. He was getting stuck in the office. We were mm-hmm. so busy that he had to come into the office all the time and he was ordering and doing all those things and he wasn't happy. That's not his strength. It's not his strength. And yeah. I wasn't happy and we weren't happy at home because we worked together 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. So if he comes home from work Miserable. upset, that affects our family life. So totally. getting him back into his area of expertise was huge, 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 huge. Um, and then we both knew that we always needed a team behind us. I'm a people person I can't work by myself so you know we have our administrators we have our sales team we have our real estate team we have James has his construction team so it's just like finding the right people for the right places yeah um and sometimes I found with finding your passion sometimes that hurts other people Mm. and if you if you have this big corporation but you're never meant to be a big corporate person and you really want that hands-on experience sometimes that means having to say goodbye to team members that are no longer kind of part Needed. of the path. Yep. And people, I think people get upset, and I know they get upset, and I always want to tell people it's nothing personal. No. It's strictly b- business. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really does affect those business owners that are yeah. making that hard decision. You know, and we don't take anything lightly that we've done. No. But in order to get to where James and I are hands-on, that doesn't mean building 50 houses a year anymore. That mm-hmm. means building 20, yeah. 25. And you can't have a team that's sustaining 50, 50. if you're only wanting to build 20. Yeah. So I find that in entrepreneurism, like, everyone talks about the good yeah. and how awesome it is. There's a lot of stress behind yeah. the scenes. And you know the decisions that you're making that are right for your family – affect other others. families yeah um i remember the first person that i had to let go and i probably i called my uh, it was my accountant because he's a really great um beacon for us like he he fights the good fight with us yeah um sometimes takes the emotion out of it for us yeah because with i mean between my husband and i we have well we've had we've had eight businesses we have seven right now and um but 
when sometimes it's always a passion project yeah and so taking the passion out of that passion project but just being like yes it is business when I had to let go of that first person I sobbed for a week straight and then afterwards and it probably took me a good three months to recover emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. but because of my personality, I'm not an outwardly emotional person. Yeah. You know, it, it all comes out in different ways yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. But it, I knew that I knew what it was going to affect, what it meant for that other person. I yeah. knew what it meant for their husband and for their kid. Yeah. And it's, I'm not saying that it was detrimental and they, whatever, they, yeah. they found a new place and they're doing great, but still. You take it personally. You do. Because as yeah. much as it is your business and you don't want to say it's, you're not, it's not personal why you're, you're letting them go. You take it personally because yeah. you you know the effects of what you're doing, which is a great someone. way to say it. Like like you just said, it's not personal in the choice of why you're letting them go, yeah. but it is personal in because you care. Yeah, totally. you genuine. Like we care about every single person that we've had, and every we always try to leave it on good ch- terms. And sometimes that means like hopefully it'll come back mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. to that. But um, yeah, following your passion isn't always the easiest thing to do. But mm-hmm. in the end, I always say, you know, I'm not. And in the end, it's our business. And I want to make sure that it's here and I want to make sure that it's successful and that we're doing everything for our kids at home so Mm -hmm. that I know that, you know, they're taken care of and they um, know that their mom and dad, you know, we can't be stretched too far because we have three little kiddos at home. Mom and dad are working at the same job. Yeah. Um, I always think it's interesting, like people that don't work with their spouses. And I'm like, Could I can't like, I couldn't imagine people like, I, I cannot imagine working with my spouse. I'd kill them. I'm like, I, know. I can't imagine coming home and like not knowing what he did. Or like he calls me 24 times a day and yeah, says like, oh, hey, I'm just over here. I'm just on this project. Like, what about this and this? I'm like, what do people talk about to their spouses during the day? I know. It's but so so, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. <laughs> oh, it's like, like you're out on a date on night. <laughs> you're like, Some date nights have definitely be can- been canceled because of the way the day Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, we've definitely had our disputes. I mean, we have an amazing team. Uh, the nice thing about the team members that we have now, um, they have been with us long term. Mm-hmm. Like our administrator, yep. she started oh, about 10 years ago wow. for us. Uh, she's had three kids since, always come, come back. Yep. You know, we've always made her shifts work depending on what she needs. So they're kind of like family now. Yeah. So when James and I have her like a domestic <laughs> in the office. <laughs> she hears both. She hears like, <laughs> she'll like, I'll be like, slam the door and call him an idiot. And then he'll be like, nothing because he doesn't really fight back. He's right. just like super quiet, which is even more annoying. <laughs> and so... Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, we fight like family in this office, and we love like family at the same time. There you go. Highs and lows. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to be – what does it mean to be an entrepreneur <laughs> to you? Because I think that's a really um, – It's we said it's like a very trendy word about being an influencer or, yeah. an, or influencing people, but the word entrepreneur is also very trendy. Yeah. What does is. that mean to you? <clears throat> well, you know, given we had a little yeah, pre-chat about this um, – yeah, I find that it today's today's lingo with entrepreneur, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or they're mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. I'm like, you know, to me it doesn't matter if you if you think like an entrepreneur, or you want to be an entrepreneur. It is just like you have to earn that to me. I agree. And you need to put your risk out there. To me, entrepreneurism is about risk mm-hmm. and taking risk and if you wake up in the morning where you don't know where your next paycheck is. And it's it literally revolves on what you're going to do that day, that day and how you're going to bring money in. Mm-hmm. And if you have invested into your company time, money, like what do you have in it? Yeah. Um, you know, that to me is what an entrepreneur means. I, you know, we have a mutual friend who said, I don't know if I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I get paid a commission. And I said, will you wake up in the morning 
and you and if it's up to you to make that money yeah you're an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um if you're an, there's a huge difference i find today between an employee mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur and i've had some people say oh like you know i think like an entrepreneur i'm like okay that's interesting mm-hmm. how do you think like oh you know i know what businesses should be doing and i know how they should be marketing okay so, so you you're have really an opinion good, you've been, yeah you've an opinion <laughs> or you can be a consultant yep but in order to do that open up a consulting business yeah open it up and market for yourself yeah try to figure out how you're going to bring money home mm-hmm. how are you going to feed your family you know if you're if you're getting that that paycheck going into the bank account yeah. every two weeks. You have earned holidays. You have benefits. Holidays? I'm what like, are those? Well, I don't even know. Right. Don't know. <laughs> like, never taken one. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel fine if you're being paid to go on a holiday yeah. because you earn this time or whatever. I'm like, that's there's a huge difference today between employees and entrepreneurs. My parents. Um, so I always look up to my parents because I feel like they've been in business in some format my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people always say, why are you so naturally entrepreneurial? Like, Mm -hmm. why do you always have something on the go? Why are you, why do you thrive in change? Um, And I I kind of always go back to my parents on the way we were raised. Mm -hmm. And my mom one day, it was after I accepted an award at the U of R and I thanked her and then I came off the stage and she goes, you need to stop calling your dad and I entrepreneurs. And I said, why? And she said, because what we did, they were a part of the Amway business, Mm -hmm. which is years and years and years ago. Mm -hmm. She goes, we didn't have, like, if someone didn't order something from us, it didn't cost us money. We weren't paying someone else's salary. Um, The livelihood of our business wasn't dependent on um, how much we could sell because we had stock in. It was Mm -hmm. an ordering company, basically. And then, like, sponsorship and all that. Or, like, build your business, build your tree. Um, But she's like, it really, like, we we made money off of it yeah but we if we just closed up the next one day it would be completely fine it's not like yeah. we lost they money still had residual income coming in because of what they built exactly and so i was like i never thought of it that yeah, way it's interesting and she kept saying as if you have skin in the game like you got to put you got to put your blood sweat and tears and pockets oh, yeah. into it yeah that's what you know we have we have money out there in land we have money out there yeah. in this we have a team that we have to support and at the end of the day you know mortgages on 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 houses Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day who's the bank coming after exactly it'll be us you know we have like terrifies me all yeah and like you know big risk big reward yeah and you know i think a lot of people think on the entrepreneur side like i'm like no if if you can wake up and all of a sudden it's gone because you didn't do your job Mm. then you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, if you lay awake at night staring at the ceiling, wondering, okay, what am, how am I going to do this? this? Who do I need to talk to? Yeah. Like, what am I going to do tomorrow? Okay, I need to, s- I n- ultimately, business is sales. Mm-hmm. How am I going to bring in my income? Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, are getting paid a salary or whatever like that, I don't know if that's really it. You <laughs> can be an entrepreneur and an employee. Totally. Like, you can be an employee of one business and then have your own. Exactly. Your own uh, business yeah. on the side. Or you could be an employee of your own business. You can. But at the end of the day, who's the, co- like, yeah. it's all about the risks that you take. Yeah. And what is that risk? Is it, oh my, you know, like, like really, what is it? It's, at the end of the day, could it all be gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It's like the scary part of entrepreneurism that no one really wants to talk about. <laughs> Do we want to talk about that? I mean, I think we always need I to. I think people need to be realistic and like be yeah. educated on everyone's like, oh, it's so awesome. You get to 
yo, you're going away and you're working. I'm like, yeah, I'm working from like my holiday. Yeah. Yeah. I got my computer. I got this. I got emails. My phone's never off. If the team needs to get a hold of me. They can phone us, you know, evenings, weekends, holidays. It's like someone once called uh, Josh and I, um, they said we were talking about something and they're like, oh, don't worry. You guys are both dinks. And I was like, what do you mean Double by income, dinks? no kids? Double income, no kid. And I, no kids. And I, well, yeah, we don't have any kids, but we, we don't have a double income, really. Like you, want, you have your businesses. And if we make money that month, we get paid it. If you don't make money that month, we don't get you paid. don't get paid. So it's like, oh, you know, like. Not double income. No, but. <clears throat> I find like, yeah, if you worked for the Crown Corps, you could be a double income, no oh, kid. Sometimes. What would that be like? Right. Sometimes I, I, I think about. Just sitting there. Like, but then also it would drive me squirrely going to work nine to five. I went to this one conference downtown and I sat in a, in a classroom for a week from nine to five. And I was like literally like losing my mind. I was like texting James like, I got to get out of here. And James said, just so you know, people go to work and do that every day. And I was for like 35 years. Yeah. I was like, wow. And that like literally struck me. Yeah. I was like, they do. Yeah. That's they go. They go to work. They put in their time. Mm -hmm. They go home. They count their holidays. Mm -hmm. They count their personal days. And I was like, man, that's the joy of the entrepreneur side is that if I want to go shopping at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'll go shopping. Yeah, you will. But I probably will take my work, and at 10 o'clock, I'll be crushing my emails, you know, putting them on the boomerang so that it looks like I sent them tomorrow morning at (laughs) 7.30 and not at 11 o'clock the night before when I'm actually sending them all. But, like, you know, you have to make up for it. So there's flexibility, but there's Mm -hmm. also, like, huge sacrifice that you make in it where do you find i have this is actually a twofold question okay and i'm not going to ask the second part until after you answer the first because they might come out together where do you find the most support from being an entrepreneur as being an entrepreneur like where who do you go to um what organizations are you a part of Mm -hmm. uh where do you find your support as an entrepreneur well I can say for me, the last two years, I have met amazing, amazing other local businesses. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love, like, bouncing ideas off each other, going for coffees or going for lunch. Whether you're in the same industry or different industries, Mm -hmm. I think it's been so amazing. Like, um, the Real Women Talks. Like, having those girls there where they're each doing something, like, mortgage brokers or life coaches or marketing, like, and they're all doing the hustle. Mm-hmm. I absolutely find that energizing mm-hmm. to me, and it makes me like, oh, I'm not alone. I need to keep up with these people. I want to. I, 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 I don't want to get level. left behind. Yeah, kind of thing. Like me too. The, I get like, that. Like, I, like FOMO. Almost. Yeah, I do, and I just like be like, oh, she can crush it. I can crush it. We're yep. each doing our own thing, so I think that's awesome. Um, I've really been like on my brain lately, like um, doing a mentorship because mm-hmm. I don't have a mentor okay which like you providing like mentorship to no, someone like else I or would you want to mentor I think it would be really interesting to see this chain mm-hmm. develop where you know people that have been entrepreneurs um female male whatever I don't yep. think it really matters um but like just having someone that you could go to mm-hmm. and be like oh my gosh like this happened or I have to let this person go I don't know what to do like how would you approach it mm-hmm. um I think that would be so awesome and then in return I can reciprocate that to somebody else pay it forward yeah or mm-hmm. like there's I know there's always like networking groups you can join it's not really my style me neither it's not my thing I'd ra- I have this like idea of just getting this like awesome group of entrepreneurs I always say women because I think that like we're emotional people. And you flock towards them. And That's yes. Fine. And I feel like 
we as an emotional person sometimes like I know James would be like oh my gosh like why are you like why are you crying over that pull your son like as I care Mm -hmm. you know and like or like hey like um if you had kids and you did it how did you do it like Mm -hmm. how do I like put my time between my two like my three kids and like my businesses and like how did you spread yourself thin did Mm -hmm. you or did what did you find that worked like just having someone to go to I don't have that in my life and I think Mm. that's been my like biggest hold back and that's like where my biggest like over the past year I've been like oh like my need is to like connect with someone that I could just Mm -hmm. pick up the phone and like and I'm like everybody thing is like oh you can do that it'll cost you ten thousand dollars a month and like no I just want to like talk to somebody um I don't want to I don't want to pay for it I just want (laughs) to genuinely like have a friend that's been through it I find as a female entrepreneur there's not a ton no it's becoming more common Mm -hmm. um but just having someone that would just be like hey if you want to answer like if if you want to call I'm here yeah kind of thing just like a true friend that's been through it I don't really have that um I feel like the Regina um, entrepreneur scene is really come a really long way, like with the new, like the women entrepreneur groups that are out there and like Saskatchewan groups. Like, I think that's super cool. It's definitely something I need to check out more. Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to go to things by myself. So it's like finding that You can always call me. I will call you. I'm not a big individual I just want to like go and be like, I don't want to walk into the room by myself. Yep. I'm like extroverted introvert. Okay. We're like, I can go in that room, but if I know I have my buddy with me, I'm good. I'm better. I'm better. I don't (laughs) want to walk in by myself. Um, For me, though, I should get back to that question. My grandparents owned a home building company. Yeah. um, And they have so much knowledge. And my grandma was was a realtor for Mm -hmm. 35 or 40 years or something. Um, So they get it. They're the ones that got us into this. Yeah. And so she my grandma loves when she's like oh are you going to show a house today or are you going to do this like she kind of relives it and she asks questions and she like gets it so just being able to bounce stuff off her has been awesome they it was definitely a different generation for sure and things were not what they were now um you know she they built glen karen and up in the north end and Mm -hmm. like um the 80s and early 90s were theirs things so you know, houses were cheaper and mortgages were different. I can't so believe, like, hearing so what my crazy. parents paid for their house. I know. She's me. like, oh, we built an entire house for $40,000. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're <laughs> at, like, 500 So, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, having someone, like, family's been huge. I don't have family here, just my oh, grandparents. Okay. So, my parents all live in the States. Oh, uh, My brother okay. and my sister in the States. Um, it's just me. I'm American. Yeah. So, that makes everything very interesting for my accountant and taxes and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um. So I do miss that being able to phone my mom sometimes or just being able to like drop kids off. So my grandparents are huge in our lives, like absolutely huge. So did you come here because your grandparents were here? We lived here mm. and then my parents all moved to the States. Oh, gotcha. So they okay. left when I graduated high school Okay, and I stayed because I didn't want to go down there and figure out life and in the States. So yeah. I stayed here and moved in with my grandparents during university. Oh, cool. So I, you know, I would say my grandparents are huge, huge inspiration as well as wealth and knowledge um different times but they get it yeah and they did it with my dad and my uncle Mm -hmm. when they had that but female side I always think it's good to have someone outside of the family that you can like bounce ideas off that's my the second part of that question was as a female entrepreneur yeah where do you find support because sometimes I find that different it is it's definitely different um 
social media has been absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I have made a conscious decision over the last year to make sure what I'm posting is honest, true, and authentic. Yeah. And if it means not posting something, then I'm not going to post it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like everybody was like, oh, your life is awesome. It looks like mm-hmm. I want to live on an acreage and I want to have this and that. And it actually made me stop. So in October, I stopped posting on social media. Yeah. I just like could not do it. I felt like it mm-hmm. was just not that it was fake. I just was, didn't want to be that person that only showed the good. Yeah. And I don't want to highlight real. I want to show like I'm a mom of three. I've had three miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a uh, we lost a baby at almost 16 weeks. You know, we've yeah. had, you know, there's struggles. We <laughs> work together. Sometimes we want to kill each other and yeah. love each other. Um, you know, our, our one daughter has learning disabilities and like yeah. tackling that in the system, the school system and getting them help being the and advocate, being the yeah. advocate for someone that doesn't have a voice and mm-hmm. making sure they're okay. Like, so I've really tried over the last uh, six, seven months to show the, show the good mm-hmm. and the bad, yep. but do it in a way that I don't, I don't ever want people to think I'm complaining because this is life mm-hmm. and life is hard and life, life is never going to be perfect for anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you need to go on social media and be like, woe is me. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. How are you going to tackle it? Mm-hmm. And how are you going to inspire others or involve change? And there also has to be that fine line between like, yes, I like, I love my life and I want to celebrate it, but I also, yeah. I deal with this shit too. Yeah. yeah. Like, and you know, I, I often, cause I deal with clients one-on-one and scheduling yep. is a thing, yep. right? So, um, a lot of times people will say, I'm busy. I'm really busy. I'm just so busy lately. Everyone is busy. We're all busy. Everyone Priorities. is busy. And it's also relative yeah. to that person. So yeah, this person over here might be too busy for them to come and work out. Yeah. But that person may, might be it a priority. Yeah. And so maybe it's not for you right now. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and I find that when you do that, they come back around. Eventually. Because they realize that's probably what I'm missing. Yeah. Especially with like, if you... I know it's me, like, my my biggest struggle is time as a mom, as an entrepreneur, business owner, realtor. I'm constantly giving myself to others, and we don't schedule. Do you say no often? I don't. Me neither. I always feel guilty, mm-hmm. even when I'm like, hey, I'm super flexible. Like, what works? I always say, like, what works for you? I say and the they same give thing. me, like, a time, and I'm like, well, that didn't work for me. <laughs> and I don't know if, like, I'm super as I flexible as I foot. said that I was. And yeah. it's like, oh, I had, like... Um, like tomorrow night I was like, yeah, I'm probably, I'm free on Thursday. And they gave me a time and I was like, I planned a birthday party for James tomorrow. And I don't really want to have to cancel his birthday. And the kids are super excited about it. But like, if that's the only time, like we can, we can make it work. And I'm like, why did I say that? Yeah. I agree with you. Why did you say that? Why did I say that? Like, I gotta like be like, like know my worth and like Uh kind of set my boundaries of like what I, what I can cancel and what I can't cancel. And it's probably like when it comes to family and the kids, like, no, I'm sorry. It's like, this is a priority for me. Mm-hmm. But um, <coughs> I know the one thing that I was like, you were talking about working out. I find as like a female, I want to be in shape and I want to go to a gym. And it's the first thing that I'm like, too busy. Lots of people are. I'm too busy. And I know in my, yeah. like, I know I would feel so much better yeah. if I just went and did it. And I rarely do I ever sit here and say like, oh, well, these are the reasons why. And then yeah. you'll sit back and go like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But you have does to, it you have still to like, really impact you? I don't yeah. know. And so. like, that's like my biggest craving right now is like, no, like I need to carve out that time because like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I bet you like, this is how my mom felt. Mm-hmm. And like my mom, who was amazing, she always put us first. Mm-hmm. And now it's funny. Like now I'm like, oh, my mom goes to the gym. 
My mom's the same like, way. Like we don't. She never went to the gym when we were growing up. She and did. For she like went the to work. First, like and five years. she kind of did a home workout kind of thing, yeah. like around our schedule. No kids at home. My mom's at the gym, and I'm like, I don't want to wait for my kids to move out for me to get back in shape. And yeah. I know I'm like mentally better when I go and do that. But mm-hmm. what's the first thing I cut out? It was like all my me time. Mm-hmm. And then you run around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're feeling like, oh, why did I do that? Even as someone that owns a gym, I find it hard to make time to work out. Yeah. So like how ironic is that? For sure. But one of the, I think one of the biggest things for me is start with one. Yeah. Just one, one thing, whether it's once a week, you're going to go for an extra 30 minute walk. Maybe you go for walks all the time with your kids or whatever. Keep going. Just do it, but do it yourself. Mm. Don't do it with family or once a week, go swimming or Mm -hmm. once a week, go, uh, go to the gym and just walk on a treadmill. But if you start with just one, eventually two comes or long or a longer one happens or, and then you're. Uh, and we see this so often with our that. clients. I have this one client that has been with us for probably seven years. She's super dope. And she started in, we had this first little consultation and she's, I don't know how often I can come and blah, blah, blah. And so we, I said, why don't you just start with once a week? The yeah. next week she came right away. The next week was like, yeah. I'm going to do two. I said, great. You mm-hmm. start with, let's do two yeah. and let's go from there. She now trains six days a week Oh my gosh. in classes, but it's appropriately programmed for her. So it's not always the same exercise yeah. every single day. She doesn't have injuries. Yeah. She does mobility, flexibility, but she comes six days a week. And, and she started off not knowing she could come once. Right. And she's 57 years old too. Amazing. Like it just start with one thing. Yeah, for don't, sure. Cause don't overcommit. Cause then you feel like a failure. I think that comes back to entrepreneurism too. Mm-hmm. Over, like, overachieving. Overachieving. <laughs> and just like, you want to like there's I th- social media is huge and being able to know like there's just so much you can do I want to do a podcast I want to do videos I right. want to do blogging I want an Instagram to look pretty I want to be posting every single day I want to post three times a day that person is doing stories I should do stories and it's like yeah you could do any of it yeah it's like super at our fingertips now marketing has come to a point where yeah. Uh, you can not that you would I don't do my marketing on my own mm-hmm. for sure I don't but there are cool things that you can see and that you can implement easily by being inspired by those around you but you can't do it all mm-hmm. and I find like do what you're good at do what you're good Just at back to what you I said like earlier. I people are like oh you should do insta stories you're like so witty and you should do insta stories and I'm like I tried doing <laughs> insta stories they're so not my thing and they're oh, so okay. somebody else's thing like, I love, I'll watch all the Insta stories. Me too. I love I, them. I scroll through that first. I think, yeah, I always go to the top and be like, what do you guys, like, what's up today? And I'm yeah. like, I loved them. Yeah. I tried doing them. I'm so out of my comfort zone. And people always say like, oh, just keep doing it. And you'll like, like you'll end up liking I'm like, but what if it's just not my thing? Mm-hmm. What if I'm just not meant to do Insta stories? Yeah. And like, for me, I'm a huge writer. And I had a blog when a blog wasn't even cool. Yeah. Like, I blogged in 2000 and six to 2012 for six years oh, wow About every day what? every day mom life that was like my jam okay. that's what I was like into at the time I blogged through my first pregnancy I blogged about becoming a new mom I blogged through in there about miscarriages mm-hmm. um I blogged about our like when we had Britain she was a high-risk pregnancy was all blogged about and then fell off mm-hmm. the blog wagon and I've like missed I miss like I'm a writer I like to put yeah. it down so now I've recently got back into like good for you that side of it yeah and people are like oh you should do a video on it and I'm like I love videos and I think videos are are cool um 
I think there's like a time and a place for a video now. I mm-hmm. think though, as more come out on social media, I think they'll be less um, effective as everybody starts doing videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can blog and my passion comes out about something and like storytelling. Yeah. So I love that side of it. I find that there is sometimes people, they should be blogging or writing more Mm -hmm. but they're actually doing more stories Mm -hmm. or like insta stories or facebook stories yeah and it so then all of a sudden you're looking at their their feed and there's 150 stories well that technically you're trying to tell like that's technically a blog like you put in a blog exactly so like uh, sometimes and then that for me i get I get like impatient. Swipe. I just swipe, and I. So it's funny when you see message. how many dots are up there. You're like, holy crap! You're like, I don't have time for fifty dots. No, I want like, like, I want the key. I want the funny key ones, and yeah. then do like a YouTube channel or something where people can follow you. Yeah, if you want. But we'll see that change with like because if Facebook and Instagram are yeah. always like the algorithms are always changing. Always. whether it's a business account or yeah, a sure. personal account. Blah, no, blah, and some blah. people do awesome stories, and like I mm. follow them, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for her to do it. Like uh, Holly Horvath, teach yeah. me style. Yeah, I think she's one of my like abs. I don't. We're not really good Style friends gurus. or anything like that. But shout I out. shout out to Holly. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love what she's done yeah. on her blog as well as her Insta stories. Mm-hmm. I feel like she adds uh, knowledge, humor, as well as like so much like tips and tricks mm-hmm. and like just confidence in in women buying stuff because. Yep. Yeah, she's almost like that bridge between online shopping and she store is. shopping. And James is like, "Who buys this stuff off here?" I'm like, "Oh, oh. me!" <laughs> when she says to swipe up on those shoes, I'm like, "Well, if she's got them, she's rating them. Yep. I will gladly like. I don't want to have to go to winners. I, I don't. I don't have to go to winners. And I don't want to order something that I'm not going to like. And you get them, and you're like, "This is crap." Yeah. So like stuff like that, I think that she's done an amazing job, as well as like her followership to see someone from Regina. Yeah. Like have Doesn't that. she have like 15,000? Like, I think or is 20, it more than that? 20 something. Jeepers. And like, yeah, Holly's rocking it on that, on this. And like her stories, she'll mm-hmm. have 50 stories. But you'll and watch everyone. I'll literally everyone. watch every single <laughs> one of them. I'm like, everyone quiet. I'm watching what Holly's doing today. I'm like, oh, she's here. She's there. I'm like, Holly life. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, What is... I think like we like you had said earlier about talking about all the good stuff with entrepreneurs. What is the hardest lesson you've learned? <laughs> oh my god! From being an entrepreneur, so many. Mm. Honestly, um, top three. Top three or one, whatever. I can do top three. Yeah. Um, I'll do them quick. Um, balance mm-hmm. was very hard, um, and I. Thank, like I truly am thankful that I have such a good team around us and not even a team just at work. We have an awesome nanny that yeah. watches our kids. Oh, great. And it allows them to be involved in sports and activities because sure. James and I don't have a job where at five o'clock we clock out. You can One schedule of us will something. clock out. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work like that. No. If we are meeting clients, we're meeting clients together. And oh. if they can't meet in the, in the during the day, we'll meet them in the evenings. I don't ever want my kids to not be able to do a volleyball or a basketball or a hockey because it's not fair to them. Yep. They didn't sign up for this. Yep. All they want to do is be kids. So we've made it a priority to make sure that we have uh, someone in our home that will love them mm-hmm. and will understand our values and make sure that our kids are not missing out on the things that they want to do. So that's been huge as a mom to kind of step back mm-hmm. and realize like, hey, I might not be that person at that school picnic. I might not be that person at that class party or that field trip, but I need someone there so they feel supported and loved 
and represented. That's so awesome. we've, that's been a huge top one for me is like that mom guilt, letting it go mm-hmm. and making sure that our kids just know they're loved. Um, two, uh, touched on it before, but following your passion is not always easy and you'll have to make hard decisions mm-hmm. and not holding on to that, that fear of making change. Um, change is good mm-hmm. and change you know, whether you're deciding to start up a business or close down a business or for us, like we added a whole new division of remodel and a whole new division of real estate to our offerings for our clients. Like that's scary. And people are going to talk and understanding. And that's why my third one, just to learn to not care what others are saying. Everyone wants to make things worse than they are. Mm -hmm. I think as much as people say, oh, I like, I just support them. They also love a good story. Yep. And it's like, oh, our example, like, um, oh, why is your office up for sale? Like, what's happening? Is it like the market bad? And it's like, no, this is actually what we do. Yeah. We, we are in the industry of building and selling. Mm-hmm. So when our office goes for sale, it's so we can build another one. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing crazy. There's like no people, rumors. There's no rumors. Like, we're not shutting down. It's like, no, this is just what we do. This mm-hmm. is how you get ahead. And sometimes change is scary and people are going to talk. Yeah. Let him talk. And J- James is so good. I am not. I am always like, I'm I want to set the record straight and I want to go and do an Instagram video Press about conference. this. Press <laughs> conference, everybody. James is like, just prove him wrong. Yeah. Like, put your head down, prove him wrong. Love that. And that's his, that's his motto. Just prove him wrong. Let him talk. Prove him wrong. That's You'll awesome. be here tomorrow. We'll be here next month. We'll be here next year. We've been here for 12 years and we proved a lot of people lo- wrong along the way by just doing our own thing. Maybe that's the other, the last one. Okay. Number four. four. <laughs> Just keep your head down. Keep your head down. I find that in social media, and I, th- I was the same way, like constant comparing to what other people are doing. And I had a really good actual, like, um, friend gave me actually really awesome advice about don't follow the people in your city. Like, your, don't follow your competitors on social media. Follow competitors or follow people within in, is the same industry from different cities where you're not competing with them mm-hmm. and get ideas from them because as soon as you start focusing on what others are doing around you, you lose track of where your site is. And to me, it was a hard thing being like, oh my gosh, they're doing this. And oh my gosh, they're doing that. And they have that. How'd they get that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, just put your head down and work. Work hard. Just work. Don't, you know, like, be happy for them. I'm like so excited when our industry does good. It's yeah. a slower market out there. Um, there's been change happening. I'm so excited when anyone's doing good in this market. And I truly, truly mean it. Mm-hmm. There's, If they do good, we'll all do good. Yeah. And don't compare yourself to what others are doing. Don't copy no. what they're doing. Find your own voice. Find your own vibe. Own it. And don't worry about what everyone else is doing. I say to Josh all the time, don't or... Um, when someone's doing when someone's doing great things and successful, great, mm-hmm. good for them. Mm-hmm. But now it's time for you to be better. Yeah, like Put your head down, get there, and and stretch the stretch the limit. Yeah, impress people because as soon as people are impressed by what you're doing and you're providing a, a competent product. Yeah, we said this in our podcast last week. Is yeah. the reason why all four of you ladies were so successful is because you believed in what you were selling. Yeah. Because you knew that it was a good thing. You yeah. knew that your service. And said, were we were never selling. Exactly. We were never selling. <laughs> it's not about sales. Like we truly believe in what we're doing. You were just talking about we're just what talking you're doing. We're passionate about. Yeah. And people, they they become that. They they see what you're doing. They see your passion. They want to be with you. Mm-hmm. And in turn, you created a business out of it. But just 
don't be salesy. <laughs> don't be salesy because it's going to get don't you nowhere. Cheesy. Don't, don't be, be cheesy. cheesy. And that's make old sure school. it is. And make sure what you're representing you believe in. Because mm-hmm. I think that's huge with the influencer life right now. Yeah. Is that I don't want anyone to feel like I'm pushing something on them or I'm being paid to say something. Because no. I definitely have people had that. see through that very they quickly do. though. They do. They're like, like oh, another one of this? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, what what else would they sell me? And it's and like, nope, if it doesn't fall, um, like a personal brand guideline is yeah. kind of what I I didn't write it last year, but I kind of just like realized, it. I was like, man, like if it doesn't fit with my passion and it doesn't fit with um, like what I want to be known for, because mm-hmm. I was like, really like, what do you want? Like I said, I want to be known for being amazing at residential um, housing industry, mm-hmm. whether that's getting people into a new home, a remodeled home or helping them find an existing home, I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person that people come to me and be like, you're an expert in it. I want your advice. I trust you. I want to be with you. So when people are like, oh, will you like, you want to be an ambassador for this or that? I was like, I have to believe it first. Yep. I 100% have to believe in it. And let me try it. And then if... We'll go from there. We'll go from there. Yeah. I have to be able to at least um, say 100% this is exactly what I would be standing behind mm-hmm. um and if it i don't want to be known as the person that just pushes people into different things mm-hmm. it's got a line stand behind it yeah stand behind it and believe it i just love talking to you it's <laughs> been it's been 48 minutes oh almost gosh. 50 minutes and it flies by it like does. our conversation just continues just to go i know forever everyone week, wants right? to listen for two and a half hours <laughs> well stay tuned for this for number 25 <laughs> number 37 um well at that on that note you know talk about your passion follow through stick with it we're gonna wrap it up yeah um but we're gonna have you back uh make sure that you follow her on social, social media, media. Yeah. What, tell us uh, what your handles are. on instagram it's mel underscore mccullough and at trademark homes mm-hmm. and facebook add me if you want and i'm not really on the twitter but i me mean neither. you can find me on there i don't think i i just kind of like i don't stuff. even know how to log in yeah, anymore and, and i'm trying to get into linkedin so if you want to follow me on linkedin i don't even know what i'm doing in there i feel like like literally a five-year-old on there but uh i'm on linkedin you'll somehow. figure it out yeah just yeah. connect or call yeah. me we can go for coffee or hang out perfect well thank you for joining us thank you for having me again follow our uh instagram and our facebook on her shoulders podcast uh join us next time and we'll keep you posted as to how things are going in the mel mccullough world (laughs) thank you thank you